You are tuning into the True North Church Podcast. Our prayer is that you would be inspired and encouraged by today's message. For more information about True North Church, please visit us online at truenorthak.org. So how's everybody doing today? All right, we are awake. Thank you so much for being here today. My name's Matt. I'm one of the pastors here. And before we get into the message, can we do something real quick? Can we welcome our online audience this morning? Can you give it up for them? Hey, thanks for joining us here today. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear your prayer requests or your God stories. You can uh, send those in to us. And uh, you just heard it, but I'm going to say it again. Would you make sure that you take some? These aren't any good next year. So take these with you. We want you to invite your friends, your neighbors, your coworkers, your enemies. They need Jesus as well, right? Amen. Uh, I'm making my, my famous, world famous, or at least at my home famous, uh, white chocolate oatmeal cookies, and I'm bringing this with it. I'm delivering it to all of our neighbors. My neighbor, just so you know, is just my street. It's not your street as well. But uh, super excited as well. I invited all my coworkers. They're coming as well. And uh, there you go. A couple of you guys caught that. But uh, so great to have you here today. Hey, um, I'm sure that we all have some Christmas traditions. I'm going to have some fun Christmas traditions, some things that maybe you remember from your, just Pastor Mark in the room. Come on, guys. You got to be awake this morning. But I, I just remember several of our traditions when I was a kid. They weren't, you know, probably, uh, uh, we probably shouldn't have done this, but we would, you know, check out our gifts. I was the youngest of four, so I just did what my older siblings did. So we would open up our gifts really, you know, uh, you know Christmas Eve, like after our parents went to bed, check out what we were getting and tape it up nicely. And uh, if you're being honest, anyone else ever do that? You peek at your gifts. And then my grandmother lived next door. We also peeked at those gifts. We'd sneak over there. And then uh, my great-grandmother lived next door to her, and we'd all also check out those gifts as well. But something that really sticks out to me is uh, my grandmother would make fruitcake. Anybody a fan of fruitcake? I think that's an acquired taste, right? And so my, mom, my grandmother, rather, she'd make tons of pies, but she'd make this fruitcake about a week in advance. And to keep it moist, she'd, this was at least the southern way. I don't know what you do up here. She'd pour a little bit of brandy on top of it, right? Keep it nice and moist. And then, um, but my mom, when she'd come over and visit, um, she would like to sneak over there as well as it's sitting there waiting for Christmas Day. And she'd pour a little on there also. And then my uncle also lived in town. He would come over and see uh, his parents and my, you know, my grandparents. He would also add a little bit. So this went on for about a week. So when I was a kid, I hated fruitcake. It smelled terrible. It tasted terrible. But then when I became a teenager, well, it probably opened up some doors it shouldn't have. But uh, we all have our Christmas tradition. How many know Christmas can be the most wonderful time of the year, right? But it also can be some challenging times. It can be some, uh, maybe some awkward times uh, if there's trouble in the tree, the, the family tree, that is. We're, we're in a series here. Uh, in fact, just a two-week series. It's called Trees. Say trees. trees. Just a two-week series, um, but we're going to wrap that up today. And I just want to catch you up if you weren't here last week. Um, we talked about our family trees, but we also talked about Jesus's family tree. And one of the things we discovered is there was a lot of dysfunction in his family tree. How many can identify with that, right? And so in that, we found that there, there were murderers and, and, and prostitutes and there were, uh, there were uh, uh, adulterers and different things, different people like that, liars, right? But still, God chose to use them. In fact, not only did he choose to use them, but he allowed his son to be birthed into that family lineage, into that family tree. And, and, and so we see this happening, that God chose to use them, even though they weren't perfect. And this is something that always amazes me. A perfect God chooses imperfect people to bring about a perfect message 
to an imperfect world. See, God still uses us. No matter what your family tree is, he still uses us. God still, he chooses to use the weak, the broken, the simple. He chooses to use you. He chooses to use you to bring some of these cards and just invite someone at Christmas time and let them know that Jesus loves them, that he, he was born, but he also, he died for them. He chooses to use you and he chooses to use me. So even though there was trouble in Jesus's family tree, right, uh, it, it still did a couple things. We said this last week. It established who Christ was. It, it also, it demonstrated why he came, why he needed to come to this earth. And then it also showed us how Christ can redeem our dysfunction. How many are thankful for that, that Christ can use our dysfunction in our life? Don't be elbowing your neighbor and your, or your spouse there, right? But, but that he can and he does do that. So, so he uses that. In fact, it's, it's so great because our, impa- our imp- imperfection is the very thing that causes his light to shine so bright with his perfection. He loves to use you and I. But see, I know this, there's one thing that can prevent us from displaying uh, uh, Christ well in our lives, from, from, uh, from having the fruit that, comes in, that God wants to come from our life. If there's one thing that can affect that, it's, it's having unforgiveness or bitterness in our lives. So today, the title of today's message is Roots, and fruits. How many like a good rhyme, right? Roots and fruits. We're going to talk about that today, but I'm going to put you to work. You you came this morning. I want you to get a pen from from your neighbor, the seat back in front of you. I'm going to share with you four bonus scriptures. You get four extra ones. They're not on your worship guide. They will be up there, but you can can write them down as they share them. But I think these are great verses to kind of help us introduce this topic of roots and fruits. This is what John 15, 8 says. These are the words of Jesus. So write that verse down, John 15, 8. It says this, by this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit. Some of us, some of us come from some pretty messed up trees, right? Some of us have some stuff in our background, some messed up situations. And if, if I'm not producing the kind of fruit I want to in my life, guess what? I have to look at the fruit because it's the root that determines the fruit. In fact, say that with me. It's the root that determines the fruit. I don't think you have it yet. It's the root that determines the fruit. See, see, if you want to know what, why are you getting certain fruit in your life, whether they're good fruit or bad fruit, you have to go back and you have to look at the root of those things. In fact, Jesus, he goes on and he says this in Matthew 7. He says, even so, every good tree, a tree has roots, right? Every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. And he goes on in chapter 12 and he says, a tree is identified by its fruit, right? See, if a tree is good, its fruit will also be good. But if a tree is bad, its fruit will be bad. He's saying there are no exceptions to this. If you have a bad tree, you are going to get bad fruit. Or if your roots are bad, your fruit is going to be bad. You know, my roots are from the from the backwoods of Louisiana. Anybody from Louisiana? Anyone? Uh, wow, no one in this room, just me, okay. <laughs> I'm originally from Texas, but my dad's from Louisiana. Yeah, from the backwoods, it's a, it's a line of some raging Cajuns, right? It's a bunch of French people in there, and a lot of people like to have fun. But, but in that, there's some roots of alcoholism. There's some roots of racism. So what happens when our roots have absorbed some of the bad seeds in our family tree? You know, you know seeds like... A, like abuse. Maybe there's seeds of anger issues in my family. Maybe, maybe there's seeds of addiction 
Or maybe there's some seeds of bitterness that's led to that bitterness in our life. See, there's always a root behind the fruit. And so we're gonna look at that today. So how do we change the root so that we can get the right fruit? Here's your fourth and final bonus scripture today, John 15, five, write that down. This is Jesus again talking, he says this. He says, I am the vine, which is a root, has roots, right? I'm the vine, you are the branches. Uh, that, where, do the, where do the fruit grow? Out on the branches, right? So he says, if you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit, right? See, apart from me, you can do nothing. I like to take compound words. I like to kind of break it down, right? Apart from me, you can do, if you break it down, you can do no thing. What, what can you do? No. no thing. Well, you know, I can do some things without you, God. Nope, you can do no thing. Well, God, I don't really need you in this area of my life. You know, I can do some things in this. No, you can do no thing. See, if you want to bear the fruit, that, the kind of fruit that you know that you want to have, more importantly, that God wants to have in your life, he says, apart from me, you can do nothing. But, but the, the contrast to that is in Philippians 4.13, a pretty common verse. You can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And so as we look at this today, Christ has to be the root of everything that we do in our lives. And so there's a story in the book of Mark and, and Jesus, he had such creative ways of healing people and, and people were always bringing their friends to Jesus. And here's one of those times, Mark chapter eight, he, this guy, he brings, uh, he brings or these friends bring this guy who's blind, he needs some healing, right? He needs Jesus to help him see. So the first thing Jesus does is he takes them and he walks them out of the village. Now, I don't know why he left the village. Maybe there's some uh, people who had a lack of faith. Maybe he walked them out of the village because it was a larger expanse to see. Because when he gave them sight, he wanted to ha him to have a bigger picture of the way the world looked. I don't know why he did it, but he, he walks them out there. And the first thing Jesus does is he goes, he spits right in Jesus' eye. <laughs> Isn't that great? How I many you know that could be a little offensive, right? But see, he spits in his eye and then he lays his hands on this guy and he says, can you see anything? And he says, you know, I, I, I can't, I, I, can see, I can see some people, but they look like trees. And then he goes on and he, he touches them again and he says, he, says uh, he places his hands on the man's eyes again and his eyes were open. And he goes on and says his sight was completely restored and he could see everything clearly. See, these are where, where we get the famous words from the theologian Johnny Nash, where he, he says, I can see clearly now the rain is gone. Come on, you got to join in with me. <laughs> I can see all obstacles in my way. You don't know the next line, do you? <laughs> gone are the dark clouds that made me blind. Here's your part. It's going to be bright, 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 sunshiny day. Come on, give yourselves a round of applause. Good job, guys. Church. We need Jesus to help us see clearly. We need Jesus to help us see the world and to see the people around us in such a way that it changes how we view everything. You know, many of us, we've had Jesus touch our lives. Many of us, we, we've had him work and do things in our lives, but, but we need him to, to touch our lives again. We need him to help us to see things the way that, that he wants us to see people. You know, I wonder how many of us need a touch from Jesus even today. Maybe we see people around us as annoying. Maybe we see people around us as an inconvenience. Or maybe they're unworthy of our, uh, or we feel they're unworthy of our compassion or our love. Maybe 
Maybe some of us in here, we have some experiences that made us kind of a little jaded, right? Maybe a little bit upset. Maybe it's left us with a bitter taste in our mouth, our interaction with people. I was on the phone with somebody yesterday. You know where this is going, right? I was just so nice and sweet, and I'm glad they don't know I'm from... No, actually, I was pretty good, I think. <laughs> but you know, you have some of those conversations, and sometimes it's going to bring the worst out in you because of the people around us. And maybe you've gotten a bad taste of the way someone's treated you. And that, because of that, it's robbed you of the ability to bear good fruit. So today, listen, we're going to talk about this. In fact, here's what it says in Hebrews chapter 12. It says, make every effort to live in peace with all men. This includes family. It includes coworkers, includes everybody around you. And to be holy, because without holiness, no one will see the Lord. You want to see the Lord do works in your life? You want to see him do miracles in your life and through you got to see people the way that God want you to see them. He goes on, he says, see to it that no one misses the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. You know, I read that, I'm like, can can our bad fruit make people miss the grace of God? Can, Can our interaction with people sometimes make them miss how great God, taste and see that the Lord is good. How, how many have interaction with us sometimes and they're like, ooh, God, God tastes pretty bitter uh, look, looking at your life, right? See, see, there's some things, I wanna talk about this today, some things that maybe should alarm us or even freak us out about our bitterness. In fact, it's there in your notes how destructive it can be in our lives. Number one, bitterness has a dangerous root. He says this, he says, see to it that no bitter root grows up. So what happens when a bitter root grows up? Uh, what, what happens? You know, Galatians 5 talks about the fruits of the Spirit, right? You have like love, joy, and peace, and patience, kindness, right? Self-control, all those things. A few verses before that, it talks about the fruits of the flesh. It talks about when, when these kind of the bitterness or anger can get up in our lives, and, and it says that some of those things are, are, are things like Rage and jealousy, selfishness, division and hatred. And even if it's not bitterness yet, it will take root. So why are we talking? Maybe you're here today, you're like, why are we talking about bitterness right before Christmas? Well, well, sometimes those family interactions, that's where it can come out, right? But, but here's what we want. We want to understand what God wants to do in our life, how he wants to produce good fruit in our lives. And if there's anything in there that needs to come up, that God can reveal that to us today. What, what do roots do? If you, if you pour water into a plant, right, they absorb that, right? And then they store that water and eventually it causes growth. So whatever we absorbed or stored in our life, if the root is bad, then what's gonna happen to the fruit? The fruit is gonna be as wet, bad as well. So bitterness also has a poisonous fruit. He says, see to it, no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. You know, the New Living actually says it like this. Whenever the bitter root springs up, many are corrupted by its poison. In other words, in fact, the original Greek, it means this to stain, to pollute, or contaminate. It literally means to stain with another color. And so think of it in this, in this way. When we have this type of fruit in our life, it colors the way that we see everything in our world. You know, you ever been around someone who's like bitter and angry all the time? It literally looks like they just drank, drank a, a jar of pickle juice, you know, and just got that look, that look. You, you just go around them, and you're smiling, and, you're, and they're like, what's so good about today? I don't know, I'm sorry. They just have that look on their face, right? You know, I, uh, I, I used to have an anger issue, I did. Uh, I mean, I'm getting better, I probably still do a little bit, but uh, 
I got family in the room, so I don't want them to tell on me. But I remember when I was younger, especially, I, I still hate being late, but it doesn't bother me this bad. I hated being late. I remember one time we were in traffic and we were in Texas and, you know, I just never have understood traffic. Who is stopping way up there? I don't understand that. Everyone, aren't you in a hurry just like me? But somehow I, I, I'm just, I'm already on edge because we're running late. And then all of a sudden the traffic's coming and I can hear my daughter who's about four years old in the back seat and she goes, uh-oh. Daddy's about to get mad. <laughs> she knew that about me because I would get mad because we're running late. And I, I, uh, I had a, a coffee this past week with a, a young man and we were just talking about family. And he says, yeah, my, my daughter drew a picture of uh, all our family and she drew a picture of me and I had an angry face. And I was like, honey, why, why, am I, why is daddy mad in this picture? And she's like, well, daddy, you're always mad. <laughs> I mean, how, how much does that open up our eyes, right? So instead of the fruits of the spirit of love, joy, and peace, and those things, we might be walking around with hate and division and anger. And there are some fruits of bitterness. We can recognize them. In fact, these can be some telltale signs that you might be, uh, if you're not already harboring bitterness, you might, it's gonna head that way if you don't deal with it right now. Here's a couple of fruits of bitterness. Number one is this, uh, we can easily see the bad in others. Let me ask you, is that you? Uh, are you always quick to point out every, everybody else's faults? Are you, uh, are you always quick to point out somebody else's shortcomings? Uh, are you quick to dismiss people, right? Or, or maybe, maybe you notice that speck in somebody else's eye really easy, but you don't even notice that there's a log in your eye. See, if all we see is the bad in people, then, then it says more about you than about them. See, that's important. And second fruit of bitterness or telltale sign that it might be heading that way is we feel justified in criticizing and gossiping. Did you know that Jesus' most famous sermon, the Sermon on the Mount, that he equated uh, gossiping with murder? He's like, this is a big deal. Well, you know, it's not gossiping if it's true. Did you hear about so-and-so? Did you know? No, that's not actually accurate. If it, ask yourself the question, does this tear down or does it build up? That's a good way to know whether or not it's something you should say. And then another fruit of bitterness is we secretly celebrate their misfortunes. We celebrate when things go bad in someone else's life. Now, I'm a football fan. Any other football fans in here? Somebody have moved on. Some have moved on to other sports already, uh, but my team is still in the college football playoffs, so I have not moved on yet. Woohoo! All right. So shout out to Texas. Longhorn. All right. Anyways, but, uh, but, but uh, I, I love winning, but the other thing I love is watching my rival lose. I celebrate when my rival, uh, Oklahoma, loses. And uh, uh, if there's anyone from Oklahoma, I'm sorry for you. I'm not sorry that I said that. I'm sorry for you. But uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> totally teasing. Totally kidding. Uh, but I love to watch. I celebrate when my rival loses. It doesn't matter who they're playing. But, but what if we did that with people? Maybe, maybe we do that. You ever find yourself celebrating when certain people fall on hard times? Oh, it serves them right. It's about time they start experiencing something like that in their life. You know, instead of being happy when things go well for certain people, we're upset. And then, and then when it goes south for them, we actually, we, we like it. We secretly like it. We celebrate that. See, that might be a fruit of bitterness for you. And then the fourth fruit is this. We bring many people down. 
The scripture says we defile many. In other words, we spread our poison. You you might be like the person who who, who, who's walking home uh, from work, or or they go into work and they walk into the room and it literally this drop a grenade and it's like if I'm going down, we're all going down. If I can't be happy, I mean, you might know some people like that. You you might be one of those persons. I don't know, but but you don't want anyone else to be happy if you can't be happy. See, that can be a fruit of bitterness. We bring many people down. And listen, there are some, there are some, uh, 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 some very good reasons why we can be upset. There's no question why we can uh, be angry at people, perhaps even uh, having bitterness in our life. I'm not saying that there weren't real issues that you've had to face but, and, and be upset. But, but listen, if you want to produce the right kind of fruit in your life, then we have to deal with the root. If you want to have the right fruit, what is the root of that coming out of our lives? We have to, you can't just, you know, when you see dandelions in your yard and we don't plant those, do we? They just come, they just decide to show up, right? But if you pluck it and you don't pull it out by its root, is it, what's gonna happen? It's gonna grow right back, right where it was at. In fact, it's probably gonna be two or three extra ones right there in its place. And see, that's what we have to do when we're not getting the right fruit in our life. We have to be able to pull that out by its root and let God deal with it in our lives. Maybe... Maybe you're walking through some hurt today, maybe from a parent, from from childhood even still. Maybe you're walking through some hurt from a former boss. I don't know, maybe you're walking through the middle of a divorce right now. You, You know, this is why we have things like care groups, why we have divorce care. When you walk through that, we need people who have also walked through it so that we can get to that other side. And we'll have that starting again in February, but we need people, we need God, and we need others around us to help us walk through those times. Ephesians says this, it says, get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. He says, be, compa- uh, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ forgave you. Real quick, I wanna give you as we, uh, wrap up as we land this here is how do we kill the root of bitterness? There's two important ingredients in that passage of scripture that we just read uh, that he says that how we can kill the roots of bitterness. Number one is this, kill bitterness with compassion. You've heard that phrase before, right? You got to kill them with kindness. Now I get this. That is the last thing you want to do is to be kind to someone who hasn't been kind to you. It's the very last thing we want to do is to, to be nice to someone and give them compassion when they didn't show us any compassion themselves. But what does the scripture tell us to do? He says, you need to give them compassion. If you want to get rid of this bitterness in your life, you have to kill them with kindness, kill them with compassion. It's not an easy thing. But is there a family member? Is there a former spouse, a coworker, again, a parent, someone that when you think about them, When you encounter them, one or more of those four fruits of bitterness come up. Think about that for a minute. If if something like that rises up within you and you celebrate when something bad happens to them, that might be bitterness in your life. That might be leading towards bitterness. It may not be taking root quite yet, but it's only a matter of time before it takes root. He says you gotta kill it with compassion. Uh, Number two is this, kill bitterness with forgiveness. He says, forgiving each other just as Christ forgave you. 
How many know this is so important? You know, I, uh, in being in youth ministry for 20, 25 years or so, uh, we worked with a lot of teenagers and some of them were pleasant to work with <laughs> and others weren't as pleasant to work with, right? And, and there was this one young man, I remember several years ago, uh, at least a dozen years ago, this one, one young man, he used to drive me nuts. He used to drive my wife and I both nuts and we get so frustrated at him. I was like, oh my gosh, why is he behaving this way? And I remember, I remember one day, uh, we were just so frustrated. My wife in particular, she says, I, I don't understand. Why does he act this way? And you ever had God just kind of hit you right between the eyes with something? And, and he all of a sudden, just like the blind man had sight, all of a sudden you see it pretty clearly. And, uh, and then, you know, God just dropped this word in my spirit. And I said, you know, maybe, maybe he acts this way because his father left him when he was a little kid. Maybe he acts this way because he found his mom dead at the age of five years old. That might have a little something to do with the way that he acts. And how many of you know we've all experienced challenges in our life, it colors how we see the world, and it influences how we act, and sometimes people act a certain way because of what their roots have absorbed in their life. I'm not saying it makes it right, I'm just saying sometimes that's why people act that way. You've heard this before, hurt people, hurt people. It's what happens sometimes. And, and if we can remember this, that, that Christ died for us, that he forgave us, that our sin hurt him and yet he still forgave us, then it's easier to cut others some slack as well. It's easier for us to extend that forgiveness to them as well. When we forget that Christ forgave us, well, then that's when we can become bitter as well. That's when we let those things take root in our life and it begins to produce the wrong fruit in and around us. Forgiveness is this, guys. Forgiveness is the way that you free yourself from betrayal or hurt. See, when you remain angry, you're just a character in somebody else's story. But when you let go, and this is so important, I know this is not, this is not our natural tendency. We want to do the opposite. Well, I'm gonna get them back. Um, that person cut me off on the road. I promise you, I'm gonna get up in front of them. I'm gonna look at them. I'm gonna tell them they're number one. Uh, with my hands, and then I'm gonna keep going. I'm gonna get them back, man. I'm gonna get them back, right? That's what we do. Our natural tendency is to get even, to get angry. See, forgiveness, uh, forgiveness is a way that we can let go and we're free to write our own story. Otherwise, we're just a character in somebody else's story. Now, let me be clear. Just because you forgive someone doesn't mean you have to trust them. See, forgiveness has to do with the past. Trust has to do with the future. When we, when we forgive someone, it cleans out the past so that we can figure out how to move forward in the future. So it's a different thing. Now, some of you here today, you've experienced some, some pretty big hurts, pretty major hurts and challenges in your life. And, and I want you to understand two things. If you're walking through something like that, and again, I wanna reiterate this, you might not be at the spot where you're feeling like, well, I'm, I don't have bitterness in my life. But if you've had some of those fruits of bitterness, then, then we need to look at that and evaluate so that God can produce the right fruit in our life. And, and, and healing occurs in two phases. And again, this is good for us, but it's good for us to remember that there are people around us that have experienced and to help them as they walk through it. There's two different phases. Now we understand this physically when we walk through uh, different uh, things that we need healing from in our life. There's two phases, but it's true emotionally 
as well. So the first stage is this, it's the be still stage. How many of you ever had, to, had surgery before and you had to be still, right? Or maybe you've had a, um, you've had a, a cast on your arm before and, uh, and what did, why did they put a cast on you? It's to immobilize you, right? They don't want you to move it for a little while. That is a part of healing. That's the first phase of healing. You gotta be still, right? And, and, and so after a while though, what do they do? They start to tell you, okay, you can start to move or you can start to do a little of this or they cut the cast off, right? And, and they're, they're able to let you do a little bit more. And, and, and so then you get to the get moving stage. Say, get moving. get moving. You get to the get moving stage, right? And there's actually trained people that help us with the get moving stage. Anybody ever worked with a physical therapist before? You ever gotten mad at a physical therapist before? <laughs> and why? Because they're gonna make us do things we don't wanna do. They're gonna actually stretch us quite a bit. They're gonna maybe even hurt us a little bit because they're trying to help us to get on the other side of healing, right? And, and, and so they challenge us. You know, there are, there are some of us maybe that are here today that we've been going through that, that first stage, the, the, uh, uh, the be still stage. And you've been in that stage and you've been being still for a long time. In fact, a really, really long time. But maybe recently, um, you know, God's been starting to prod you a little bit and you've been getting a little bit mad at God because he's prodding you, trying to get you to, to get to the get moving stage, just like a physical therapist. And, and he wants you to get past it. And you've been in that. See, there was a time for you to be in that be still stage. There was a time for you to, as the scripture says, be still and know that I'm God. And now he's saying the next step is for you to get moving and to start being a blessing to other people to start being compassionate and loving to other people, to take that next step and say, you gotta get out of where you're at and to, and to be a blessing to those around you. He wants you to get out and to go out and to start doing ministry to those around you. That is one of the most powerful ways that we can get out of the, uh, the hurt stage and into the healing stage. So he wants you to get healed, but it's never gonna happen until we start investing in other people. There was a time to sit still, but see, now there's the time to get moving as well. Now, this is important. Even after you've been totally healed, how I many you know, especially with deep wounds, there's always a scar, right? And every time you see that scar, what is it? It's a reminder of what you've been through. And every time we see that scar, we have a choice that we can make. We can either remember our hurt or we can remember our healer. We can either remember the pain that we felt or we can remember uh, 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 the experience that we had with God delivering us and setting us free and bringing healing into our lives. And every time you look at that scar, you can think of God's grace and you can think this. It reminds you of that defeat or that failure or that, or that betrayal or that hurt or maybe that divorce. Every time you see that scar, it can remind you of that. And then you can say these words, but I am a trophy of God's grace. He's brought me through that. He's brought healing into my life and God wants to touch our lives again. See, instead of focusing on the hurt, you can focus on the healer. You can fix your eyes on Jesus because he is the author and the finisher of our faith. You know, today as we wrap up, I want you to think about this. See, there are times where God, he shows us things, he reminds us of things, just like he did with that young man when I was telling you about a few minutes ago, that, that reminds us of how we need to see people in this world, how we need to see things that are going on. I, I, for me, there was just this past Thursday, he reminded me as we celebrated the life of a, a young man who left this world way too early in his 40s. 
And I was sitting right over there as we had a celebration of life right here in this room. And everyone was talking about how great a young man this was. And, and, uh, and, and then uh, he was in the Navy, so there was the honor guard. And I watched them as they folded up the flag. And then, and then after doing that, and Taps was playing, and then the, the young lady who had the flag, she saluted his nine-year-old son that was going to receive that flag. And then she got down on her knees, and she whispered some words to him. And, and then she handed that flag over to that young man who had lost his father, who's only nine years old. Whew. Talk about giving you perspective. Talk about helping you to remember, wow, God wants us to see the world the way he wants us to see it. He wants to touch our lives again. He wants to heal our hurts. And I don't know what your hurt is today. I don't know what you're walking through or your challenges are. I don't know what you're going through, but I know that my God does. And I know this, that 2,000 years ago, God used a tree to set us free, to set us free from sin and from shame, from betrayal and from hurt and from, from pain and from bitterness and in its place, he provides hope and healing. He provides salvation and peace and forgiveness. And that tree, my friend, is called the cross. Just bow your heads with me today. I wanna pray for you today. I wanna pray for two different people this morning. And one of those, maybe you're walking through some, a time of anger. Maybe, you, maybe it is at the point of bitterness. And I believe this, and, and you might even want to respond to God today. You might want to come up to these altars. You might, you might want to extend your hands up to the Lord, whatever it is. But I, I want to pray for you that God would just set you free from that. And the second group of people today is, is maybe you've never given your life over to Jesus Christ. And today's the day. Today's the day to change your life forever. We say it like this. It's as easy as A, B, C, admit, believe and confess. And I want to pray for you. And I want to pray a prayer. If you're in there, you've never prayed that prayer. I want to, I want to lead you in a prayer. You can pray it silently as I pray it out loud. Just say, dear God, today, I admit, I admit I'm walking with hurt and pain. I admit that I'm far from you. Today, I believe that you sent your son, Jesus, as we celebrate Christmas. He came to this earth as a baby. He lived as a man. He died a death on a cross. And then you raised him from the dead. Today, I believe that. And I wanna confess you as my Lord and my Savior. Would you come into my life? Would you help me? Would you be my life leader? In Jesus' name, amen. What a fantastic service. Be sure to stay in touch by following us on social media so you can stay up to date with all that is happening at True North Church.